It seemed like it would never come, but we think the end of winter has arrived. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of May 9th, 2013. I know it's probably sounding like a broken record to people who've listened to these podcasts because we've had several that we've started out by saying, okay, spring's here, spring is finally here. Woohoo, it's here. But what's been interesting is that, yes, we've had some spring-like, even summer-like weather, but then later followed by cold enough weather that we've had to have a fire in the fireplace. And, you know, I've worried about the veg a little bit. I mean, what, did it go down to 38 last week, one right. night? Um, so it it has been Which sort of Which for central Alabama is really cold for May. It's cold for May. Um, it's been a roller coaster of sorts, and uh, bottom line is, I, I don't know if it's set any kind of records, but it certainly has been chilly. Um, last night, I, we didn't have a fire. Well, I guess two days ago we had our last fire, we yeah, think. Yeah, yesterday. Uh, it was Thursday, uh, Tuesday morning. Right. Yeah, Tuesday morning when we had our last fire. But, you know, several weeks ago I would have said, we've had our last fire. And uh, so it has been just a crazy year, and we believe that it's impacted. We know it's impacted the way we've planted, um, and it's impacting the way things are growing as well. That is staying. And it's cool. also impacting us as it happens. Both of us are struggling with colds, so um, our voices are going to be a little bit uh, shaky today. But we'll get through it. We'll okay. get through it. That's right. But we we've now had our first winter in the lodge. Um, we're probably finished building fires up there. We've noted before that the lodge tends to stay cooler than our apartment where we live. So um, there have been plenty of mornings, uh, even when it wasn't what we what anybody would call winter time, that it's felt really good to put a fire in that wood stove when we first walked up in. in the lodge. In the lodge, yeah. yes. Absolutely. Uh, but basically, the the lodge performed as well as we could have hoped during the winter, and we know it performs well in the summer. We've already been through a summer with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I guess basically it's good news about the lodge. It really stays, it's doing what we had hoped. It's staying warm in the wintertime, reasonably warm. Uh, You do need the wood stove to knock the heat off some, but it gets a lot of sunshine, and then it's staying cool in the summertime. So it seems to be doing what we had hoped. That's right. But we we bu- we burned a good bit of firewood this past season. Yeah, we figure we burned about six and a half pallets. That's a little more than a cord and a half of firewood. For those of you who are not in the South, that must sound like a paltry amount of firewood. But that's the most we've ever burned. And and this year we were working with two dwelling places. You know, we had the lodge and the apartment. And we did some burning in our uh, wood stove. Uh, I'm sorry, in our outdoor fireplace up by the lodge. So yeah, um, we've we've used a good bit. We uh, Yeah. And the, the lodge was not occupied most of the wintertime. However, when you need to warm it up, it sucks down a lot of firewood to yeah. warm it up because yeah. it's just a bigger space. And, and several times when we've entertained up there, we'll go up in the morning, and as I said, just to get the chill off, we light a fire. So 
Um, I can under- I can believe that we used that much firewood. It, um, but on the other hand, it was so nice to have it available, and um, we need to take our empty pallets out there now and chop down some more dead yes, wood. Yes, we do. And- um, we have eight pallets that are ready to go for next winter, and we'll feel better when we have all 12 of them mm-hmm. with wood on them because if we have anyone occupying the lodge on a regular basis, we're going to go through a lot more wood. So Yeah, so um, we we just have to get that taken care of. But we'll be able to do it over the course of the next several months. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, as we've talked about before, our big project over the um, end of the winter and into the beginning of spring was the raised beds. So now we're continuing to work with those. We've been out there, um, I would say, re-terminating the cover crop. We thought we terminated them, but they've come back. <laughs> so Yeah, this week been... I um, was able to get to the point where I'm now ready to call the raised beds finished. What still needed to be done was to level the ground around the raised beds, and I was able to get that done this week. Yeah, and then we turn our attention to what goes in there. Um, I've done a good bit of planting. I finished out planting the rest of the nightshades that I had started from seed and um, some herbs and that kind of thing. And um, I've decided on my own, with no one else in authority telling me that when my planting guide says plant it in April, it now for me means May because (laughs) it was so cool in April. Uh, So I'll be late planting some of my seeds, but I just wanted to make sure that they were going to germinate by the time I put them in the soil. And I guess everyone believes that every winter is weird, but this has certainly been a weird one. It really Um, has, yeah. January and February were fairly warm, actually. But then March, April, and now the first part of May have been unusually cool. And, you know, we were concerned about the fruit trees because we had fewer chilling hours than we did last year. But what about these later hours that came along Hasn't been enough. We still yeah. didn't get the chilling hours we need. Um, we we ended up with even fewer chilling hours than last year, and last year was an historic low. Yeah. So that's not great news, but uh, we'll just um, see what, what comes up and wonder if it's a trend for the future. We don't know. Yeah. Um, well, what about our – let's look at the effect all this has had on – I've mentioned about planting the spring and summer veg a little bit later, but um, it also has meant that some of the fall veg stayed around a little bit longer. Yeah, I thought we might just sort of do a soup to nuts review on the fall veg now that we are looking at uh, winter in the rearview mirror and talk about what went well and what didn't go so well. Right. Well, the collards lasted longer um, because even though they were bolting by the end, but they, I think they got a little bit of a stay of execution because yeah, it did stay cooler. Collards and the kale just the kale did wonderfully. has really been a survivor. It's still out there. And, yes, it's bolting, and there's probably one of those that I'll bring down really soon. But um, there are three plants and um, a red Russian-type kale um, that until it starts to get really, really warm, may still stick around. The main thing is I just need to move it so I can plant some more crops there. Um, the rutabaga did very well for us last rutabaga year. Rutabaga was a star for us, an early star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it didn't last long. What do, you, what do you call it, a flaming star? <laughs> um, 
because rutabaga disappeared early on, and it's easy for us even to forget we had rutabaga. But boy, in the early part of the of the fall the, uh, and the winter, the rutabaga was delicious. It really was, and and very um, stable and pro- prolific, and it didn't um, require a lot of care. So it was pretty mm, nice, easy to big, do. Fat fruit. Yeah. Uh, we really enjoy the rutabaga. Um, I left off um, cauliflower on our list. We need to talk about cauliflower. Not our best year. Not our best. Cauliflower. Well, not, we have not had what I would call a good showing from cauliflower ever. They, the heads don't get very large. Um, we just don't get very much. And then once you harvest that one head out of the middle, that's it for the plant. It's done. Yeah. There's no other cauliflower going to grow and back. what we get is scrumptious. It is so delicious. It has a good taste, but it's, it's quality, but not much quantity. Right. I'll tell you that much. So um, the broccoli did well. And actually, there's one plant that I, cl- I clipped it, but it still had a little strand there. And it's producing a whole new broccoli plant. So, uh, with a, you know, I actually harvested a little piece of broccoli off of it the other day. So that's kind of interesting. But but by and large, it's gone, but it did, did well for us. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't get as much from the Brussels sprouts as we were hoping. Yeah, it was um, disappointing. And last year was really bad. It was two years ago that we had an extremely productive and um, beautiful Brussels sprouts crop because the the it got large. And, and these some of these wanted to start to mold or something before they got very big. I, again, I wondered if it was because we got so much rain, just hmm. too much rain. Maybe. Okay. Um, just a thought, but it, they weren't big, yeah. um, but we did have some, and when it came time to harvest them at the end, we did have Brussels sprouts for quite a while, so I can't yeah. complain. Maybe we shouldn't be complaining. Yeah. Cabbage did well. Again, it started to also get moldy or some black stuff that I think might have been too much rain. Didn't have the critter problems that we've had in the past, but more of a just needed to go ahead and harvest it um, to get rid of the black stuff. Asparagus, we were looking forward to the beginning of a little crop this year, but it was so slow in coming up, we now believe because the soil was too cool, um, that we made the decision, let's just not harvest any spears at all. Let's just let everything go well, to We ferns. ate a couple of them, but yeah, we we didn't harvest for, to speak of. It just, right. It's just going to go to ferns. Ho- hopefully, we get a great crop next year. Yeah. And I planted some lettuces, some late. Well, the the lettuce I planted in the fall really was so good. And that frost-kissed, um, tender uh, butterhead lettuce was really good. Uh, or maybe butter crunch. Butter crunch. Butter crunch. Butter yeah. crunch. But um, I, I, when that was gone, I tried to plant some, and I did plant it in the late winter. But it never had a chance to get much size on it. And then... It's mostly started bolting, so it'll be pulled up in the next couple of weeks in its entirety, I'm sure. Uh, You did make liberal use of chopsticks with your lettuces, I noticed, this year. Yes, and I think that helped keep the bunnies away or keep whatever away. We did discover one full-grown rabbit running wild in the vegetable garden. We don't know how he or she got in. Um, We dispatched it. It's gone now, mm-hmm. um, but that's a, a source of some concern because we don't know how yeah. the rabbit got in. Yeah, in fact, strawberries 
um, are also, I guess I can consider that a fall crop, even though they're not, because I planted them in the fall. We are now harvesting the strawberries, and they're really good. Oh, boy. But some critter is gnawing away at some of those, too. And it could be a rabbit, could be squirrel. Could be birds. Could be birds, because some of it's just sort of pecked. But, um, you know, I'm trying to keep an eye on it and see what's going on out there. But we're having a great strawberry crop. Yeah, the best yet, really. Nice and big and sweet. Talking about best ever, let's talk about your garlic. Oh, it looks good. It's huge. Um, I have two different types, Italian and um, a white, a silver skin, soft neck. Um, and they are... Um, Looking as if they'll be ready any time now. Um, when I, just we a are few watching more. for the sign that the garlic is ready to harvest, which is when more than half its fronds have Tur turned brown. Right. Brownish yellow, yes. And uh, that's happening faster with the ones on the south end. Which are they? They are the, um, I have to think a minute. They are the Italian. Okay. Um but you know they're not all that far apart, so it won't be long, we think, before we'll yeah. be ready to harvest the garlic, and it should be the best harvest we've had. Uh, last year, we did not manage it well after we harvested it and ended up losing a good bit of our garlic to rotting. Yeah, we so. talked about that on the podcast. It got where I was storing. It was just simply too hot in the summertime, so um, this year we'll plan to store it in the... Um, in the storage area, our um, storm shelter, and try to see if we can't keep it a little cooler. Not, well, just for a few weeks until it's ready to, um, you know, while it's mm, curing. And after sure. the curing, then we'll plan to um, take it apart and put it in its little, you know, in, yeah. I have garlic jars. All right. I'll be, I'm not opposed to that, except that it's an awfully pungent aroma for that tiny little space. Yeah, I know. Well... But we'll talk about it. We'll talk. Um, we have really enjoyed seeing your Egyptian walking onions develop. Oh, boy. we've had. I got a wild hair last year to plant a, a perennial leek and Egyptian walking onions with the notion that they're both perennials. They'll keep on giving. And um, the Egyptian walking onions are not due to be harvested anytime soon because they have to... Their fronds, actually, on the end of them produce a little mini, there's a word for them, but it's like a little um, bulbet type thing. And then the, the onion frond falls over with that bulbet on the end, and it attaches itself to the soil and starts a whole new onion. So um, you want to, if you're going to harvest one of the mother onions, one of the main ones, then you've got to reap, if you want to keep having these, um, you got to replant, replenish it with some of the little, I guess it's like a daughter plant, you know, little bulbette things. But the preferred, but the preferred approach is just to leave it unharvested. And Until you've got enough of them uh, growing that you can take out some, but replant some. You know? Okay. Um, and then on the perennial leeks, they multiply, like they divide really. They multiply by dividing, you know, and so then... I'm supposed to take the smaller leeks that divided out from the others and just set them around at intervals as if I'm planting a whole new group of leeks. Okay. And at what point do you start eating leeks? Oh, we can eat. We've already eaten one, remember? <laughs> I oh, can okay. pull it anytime I want to. But the little baby ones, I just need to spread them around and plant them so they can develop into a full 
Okay. Full-blown leak. <laughs> All right. Um, and let's talk a little bit about the cover crops because we oh, had such a talk, focus on... You skipped something. Okay. The regular onions are looking good. True. Just the, 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 the annual onions. The annual onions, they are a Vidalia type. And uh, this is the first year I've seen them just get big bulbs on them, like full-size onion bulbs as opposed to something that looks like a big scallion. Um, so I'm excited, and whenever we see that those are um, falling over, the tops are falling over, which we know is a sign they're ready to and harvest. And that's beginning to happen It's beginning now. to happen. Then we'll begin harvesting those, each one as it ripens. So, And then we let it cure for a while. So it'll be fun. Sounds good. Okay, back to cover crops. We made a significant commitment to cover crops this year, both because we know they're good and also because our friend Edzard Van Santen had asked us to in preparation for this workshop we had here in March. So we had quite an experience with cover crops yeah. this year. Yeah. And so, and I've learned some things. <clears throat> I've learned that, <coughs> excuse me, my favorite one is lupin still. And um, crimson clover is not bad. Both of those were pretty easy to terminate by hand, just and they, they make a lot of mulch. Uh, black oats, a little more difficult for some reasons we've stated before um, in terms of just the their tendency to reroot. They're kind of hard to pull up, and then if you don't get the plant residue out of there until that plant has completely died, then it <laughs> it has survivor's instinct or something. It'll reroot, and you've still got black oats in there. Uh, the hardest one, the one I don't think I'll ever use again in my vegetable be beds, is winter wheat. That wheat just caught So tough. It's tough to get it out. Yeah. Yeah, we, we won't use wheat again. Um, but we were experimenting, so yeah. we know now. And, you know, wheat would be a good crop to use in an area that's prone to erosion because it does develop those deep roots and it won't let go. Yeah, so it has its uses, and as a matter of fact, we still have some wheat seeds. Uh, but I won't be putting them into a raised bed vegetable garden again, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, well, you want to get us out of here? Well, yes. Uh, I think we've covered our um, departure from winter and heading into spring. Uh, we think by this time next week we will have had some 80-degree temperatures and higher, so we'll give you an update then yeah. and catch yeah, up with be, you then. We'll, we'll be looking forward to some cool weather by next week. Right. Well, have a great week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.